Chapter 19 The Sicaria were a tank top exposing a firm, muscled belly, with a tattooed tiger jumping up out of her denim shorts. Up top she had yanked her hair into a severe ponytail, which stretched her manicured eyebrows toward the hairline. The Sicaria laughed hoarsely and shouted over her shoulder in Spanish. A man stepped into view behind her. He had a wispy mustache, with long hair sticking out like a cat's whiskers. The guy said something in return. I could not understand the language. The woman made a sound like kissing her teeth. The man kissed his teeth back at her. He pushed his gun into the front of his pants and pulled a phone from his pocket. When he brought the phone up, I understood the teeth-kissing language. They were going to film Elena's execution, and probably mine for good measure. Maybe they needed proof for their boss, El Lagarto. One of them needed to hold the phone. The other one got to be in the movie with the gun, for the boss to see. The Sicaria had won. No contest, really. I got over the shock of being shot. My right side felt heavy, and I would have needed immediate attention. But I was still alive, and none of that would matter in a second or two because we were about to be executed on camera. I was down next to the car and reached my right arm under it without looking, hoping to find the gun that had been knocked out of my hand. The guy said something in Spanish. I made out the word filmado. He was filming. The Sicaria smiled to the camera and theatrically chambered around in her Glock. She turned to Elena and extended her arms to shoot, holding the gun with both hands. I felt the gun under the car with the tip of my fingers. I managed to bring it closer to where I could get a grip on it. I was not in pain from being shot, feeling only dull pressure and a sting. I might have reached the gun, but there is no way to know, because two shots popped off then and the tattooed tiger on the Sicaria's belly exploded in a flash of gore and blood. She looked surprised and flopped forward. Her knees folded under her weight, and she fell on her face, one arm still outstretched. The other crumbled under her body. The guy holding the phone to film was still looking at the screen, as if unable to decide if his life was happening inside of that rectangle or out here in the real world. Another shot cracked from nearby, bringing him back to reality. The bullet came from a three-quarter angle behind him and entered his cheek. The projectile passed through his head, probably bouncing around in there, spinning at high speed, and exited the other side of his head, pulping his ear, dead on arrival. Elena screamed, she had the Sicaria's blood all over her face. I pushed her behind me and saw the shooter walking toward us. It was Caleb. He was wearing the same red polo shirt with the Dales Oilfield Supply logo in white at his breast. It was the logo of the company he had been fired from in the morning. Caleb was holding an AR-15-style assault rifle across his body. I had seen him denied at the Walmart but someone had sold him the rifle anyway. The gun looked like a budget version, with impactful detailing designed to impress. 
Maybe he'd picked it up in a private cell from someone he knew. Caleb crossed the feeder lane. He walked lethargically, dragging unlaced construction boots. His face was drawn, like he had aged a decade between breakfast and now. I wondered if giving him two dollars that morning would make an impression. If it would prevent him from shooting us. Or if he had become an automaton. His mind tipped over the edge and he was just going to shoot anyone he could find. Caleb pulled the assault rifle to his thick shoulder. The barrel pointed at me, and we made eye contact over the gun sights. I had my hands down at my sides, palm up. I considered the comparative advantages and disadvantages of direct eye contact. I am no psychologist, but I once read an article in a dentist office waiting room about gorillas. You are not supposed to look directly at the silverback alpha male, because he will try to kill you. Apparently, eye contact is a challenge to supremacy for gorillas. But then again, Caleb wasn't a gorilla, or an alpha male. Deep down, he was just a weak guy. And I had helped him buy his breakfast burrito, which might count for something, or not. Caleb advanced, staring at me expressionlessly over the gun sight. I said, Sausage and bacon, no coffee. You don't drink coffee because it interferes with your meds. I broke eye contact, looking at his trigger finger. It was out of the trigger guard and pointed at me. I shifted to his eyes and re-engaged. He broke off the eye contact, turned away, and walked towards the multiplex entrance. I scraped the Glock from under the car and came up, steadying the gun over the hood of the vehicle next to us. I put a bullet into the back of Caleb's right thigh, and he went down. The first two police cars were screaming to a stop, car doors slamming open. Caleb was mute and scrambling to get his AR-15 up. The police lights swept across the lot, isolating him against the dark asphalt. The cops did not wait to see what would happen next. They opened up. A volley of rifle and pistol fire in multiple calibers crackled like static electricity. Caleb's body shuddered as it was riddled with bullets. Behind him, stray rounds raised cement dust where they impacted dirt, asphalt, and the concrete wall of the multiplex. I pulled the backpack off, found the duct tape, pulled up my t-shirt. Elena did not need to be asked. She took the tape from me and tore off a strip. Will this be enough? I inspected the wound and nodded. The bullet had not entered my body. It had broken skin and glanced off my rib, which was probably cracked. There was bleeding, but it looked worse than it was. I guided her hand to the spot where I had been hit. Press hard, use two strips. She pressed hard, grunting with the effort. Her hair covered my face for a moment and I felt the closeness of her skin. She tore off another strip of tape. When she was finished, Elena moved back, heat going with her. Something glittered on the asphalt. I picked it up and held a small piece of metal in my palm. Elena said, What's that? I said, It's the bullet that hit me. What? It deflected off my rib and then hit the car door. Here. I pointed to where the round had hit the car and put a little dimple in the metal 
flaking off the paint. She said, That's amazing. I wasn't going to argue. That would have been painful with a cracked rib. The air was all dry heat and cop radio noise. Flashing blue lights bounced off the movie complex walls. Right in front of us, the Sicaria groaned and moved. Her buddy was dead, staring sightlessly into the asphalt. But not her. I moved over the Sicaria's body and inspected the damage. Caleb had fired twice, but only one round had hit. Looked like it had gone in through the small of her back, but the damage had been done when the bullet exited her in guinal region. Blood was pooling below her. She had lost a lot of blood already. Combat medic's dilemma. Do you save the enemy's life when they're wounded? The answer is, it depends. Police were all around, so the fight was over for now. I took out the knife and started cutting her shorts off. The Sicaria was bleeding from a severed femoral artery in her groin, a junctional hemorrhage. The tourniquet was not going to work. I figured the best I was going to do was to cut my way through the ligaments, fat, and muscle to expose the artery, then clamp it between my thumb and forefinger. I would wait until an ambulance arrived, which was going to be very soon. A male voice shouted in my ear, Put your hands up in the air. The voice was hoarse with panic. I looked up at a uniformed policeman. A round man with a smooth red face and light thinning hair. The cop was pointing his gun at me. I said, I'm a medic. She's bleeding out. The cop was shaking. He stared for several seconds and moved away. I sliced through the denim of her shorts and peeled the blood-soaked fabric away from her skin. I could feel something rectangular and stiff in the front pocket, too thin and pliable to be a phone. The exit wound was at the junction of her right leg and the torso, at the inguinal crease. The Sicaria was listless and moaning, bleeding to death. Arterial blood was spreading into the asphalt under her body, finding its way into the cracks and grooves. Cutting down on the fabric, I brushed up against whatever was in her pocket again, and I realized what it might be. I stopped trying to help her, wiped bloody fingers on her jeans, and slid the fingers into the Sicaria's pocket. I pulled out a passport, dark green and gold-embossed logo of an eagle eating a snake, and the word Mexico in large gold letters. I looked at Elena's shocked and bloody face right behind mine. You have any identification on you? She nodded. I said, give it to me, right now. Elena fumbled the button of her jeans and peeled the top of them down, revealing her money belt. She unzipped the document holder fished inside and handed me a worn Mexican passport. Otherwise identical, except for what was inside. I opened it and saw Elena's photo, which had been taken maybe ten years earlier. The name in her passport was Jolene Teresa Medina Cordero. Complicated name, but none of it said Elena. I looked at Elena and said, This is you? She nodded. 
It was not the moment to discuss identity. I slid her passport into the dying woman's pocket. The Sicaria's document went into my pants pocket. The Sicaria was not going to live, and maybe Elena's identity could die with her. I pictured the obituary section. The day after a mass shooting event, one of the lines would read, Jolene Teresa Medina Cordero, Mexican National. If the Sicaria had come over the border illegally, it would work. El Lagarto would be paying attention. That was for damn sure. I scooted over and took the phone out of the dead guy's clenched fingers. The screen was still illuminated. The phone was recording. I pressed a red button with a square on it, and the recording stopped. A green button showed up with the word, Enviar. I showed it to Elena. She said, You want to send that? I said, No, delete it. She huddled over the phone and pressed some buttons. She said, He was going to send the video. I said, Wait. Pointed over between the two cars. Give me that and go lie down and look dead. Elena got the idea immediately. She lay down on the asphalt and played dead. She did it well. Open eyes, face bloodied with the Sicaria's spray. I snapped a shot. The green button appeared again with the word NVR, and I tapped it with my forefinger. I said, done. I looked at Elena. She looked at me, her eyes wide. I nodded, and she nodded back. It would not do for the Sicaria to accidentally live, so I waited for her to die. She had hair the same color as Elena's, and she was twenty years younger. It took three more minutes for death to take her.